Maybe I'm crazy, but the Dolphins need to draft another quarterback. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Welcome to Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. Thanks so much for joining us. Hope you are uh, safe and had a great new year. We talked to my friend Darius Butler, nine-year NFL vet, played with the Panthers, the Patriots, and the Colts. And also as a podcast as well, the Man to Man podcast with Antoine Bethea. He stops by to talk a little bit about the playoff games this weekend, as well as what we should do with Tua and the national championship game on Monday, which I cannot wait for. Very exciting stuff. Plus, we'll check in with Crazy Gang, Heller, Donnie, and T. But first, let's get started with Darius. All right, very excited to have my friend Darius Butler, nine-year NFL vet with the Panthers, the Colts, and the Patriots, and the host of the Man to Man pod with Anton Bethea. Thank you so much for coming on with us uh, and jumping on the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. It's been a long time. How you doing? Been a minute. Been a minute. Thank you for having me. Uh, I've been good, man. I've been blessed. Um, Obviously, a lot of crazy stuff been going on, man. So um, I've been maintaining. It's been good. Blessed. Well, How about you? I'm glad, to, I'm glad to hear that. Well, you know, I'm in LA, so. Yeah, crazy <laughs> out there. It's wild, uh, but it's wild everywhere. So just like you said, just, just keep working and uh, stay home and wear a mask and hopefully we'll be out of this at some point. But they yep. did pull off a, a bit of a miracle and get through the NFL season, which Amazing. is which is really wild. I was thinking about it Sunday night, like, Damn, they really did the NFL season. That's crazy. Like, it's really a feat. No bubble, uh, cross-country travel. Mm-hmm. Players got families. There's an insane amount of staff, people at the facility, and we got through it. No extra weeks needed, and we're now we're heading into the playoffs. It's pretty crazy. It truly, um, truly a miracle, honestly, in my, in my opinion, just knowing how large that operation is for every team, not having a bubble. Um, I was one of those guys coming into the season like, oh, man, there's no way this is going to happen. Why wouldn't they have this plan and this plan? I, I thought the NFL was being arrogant, honestly, but got through it. Um, and here we are. Uh, super, super wild card uh, weekend is upon us almost. Yeah, we kind of got a bonus wild card weekend this mm-hmm. past Sunday because there were so many playing games. And uh, I want to start with the Steelers and Browns because there's been some updates to that game as Kevin Savansky won't be able to coach the Browns didn't really look that special this Mm -hmm. weekend against the Steelers who they're going to now play again and they were playing the Steelers backups now the Steelers have been you know they they, we obviously know they went on an 11 game winning streak but they looked pretty choppy as of late the Savansky COVID thing throws another you know turn in this in this matchup but I'm personally nervous because you know I'm from Pittsburgh so my worst nightmare is losing to these <laughs> stupid Browns. And especially now that I'm Kevin Stefanski, like they're gonna be on my head. So do you think there's any chance the Browns pull this off? I mean, it's always a chance. It's always a chance. Um, obviously, uh, not having Stefanski is huge. Um, you know, it's huge. Uh, you know, you got, and then dealing with what they're dealing with with COVID, um, hopefully nobody else pops up on that list, but they got 10 guys who are still on that list right now, as of right now. Um, but they got, uh, uh, you know, two two backs in that backfield that you can hand that ball off to. And as you know, um, especially in that division, it's a division rival game. Um, so anything can happen. So if you can get a run game going, you can play good defense. Um, you can win in the playoffs. And like you said, the um, the Steelers haven't been playing great down the straight stretch. Came out the gate hot, 11-0, um, cooled off, and then they rested their starters 
after probably playing their best half of football against the Colts. So um, it's going to be interesting to see where they pick up. But Big Ben, you know, he's a trusted. I trust Big Ben more than I trust Baker Mayfield when the lights are bright. So um, if I'm a Steelers fan, I, you know, I'm not that nervous. I'm very nervous. I'm very nervous. <laughs> it's the, it would be the worst. So speaking of the Colts, they've been a little up and down this year as well. I think they have limitations. Obviously, they got Jonathan Taylor going a little bit now. They look better heading into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But they're about to play the Buffalo Bills, the hottest team in the NFL right now. What, what do you think of the Bills? I, I'm just, I'm so impressed with Josh Allen and his Man. development year to year. It, it, it's, it's truly incredible. Um, and it shows you, you know, coaching, coaching matters. Um, the culture matters. Sean McDermott has done a great job uh, and Brandon Bean since they've been there together, building that culture, building that roster, um, drafting Josh Allen, then developing him, you know, him his uh, evolution from the time he came into the league to who he is now. Um, you know, hats off to that whole organization, especially uh, Brian Dayball. That's why his name is, you know, in so many circles right now as far as the head coaching position goes. But um, they're kind of the opposite, I would say, of the Steelers. They are scorching hot coming into the playoffs um, and pretty much home field advantage, you know, until championship weekend if they make it there. So um, it's going to be tough to go to Buffalo. Um, they'll have some fans in the stadium. Um, and we know, you know, the Bills Mafia, they're going to show up. Uh, but the Colts, you know, the Colts are one of those teams that, um, once again, they can play very, very good defense. I think a championship level defense starts up front. Um, and then, you know, Phillip Rivers is a savvy vet. Um, but they are down Anthony Costanzo, um, big, big time tackle. And that I feel like that's going to show his head at some point in the playoffs. But uh, if we keep feeding Taylor, uh, he had a 200 yard game to close the season out. He's been hot the second half of the season. So we definitely got a chance to beat him. We definitely got a puncher's chance um, in that fight. But uh, the Bills are hot, man. They are hot. What do you think of Tom Brady's season? Because I really did not know what to expect in Tampa, but if you look at his numbers, he's had a, he's had a really good season. And they might be without Mike Evans this weekend, but I have no fear about them taking Washington down. <laughs> you know, honestly, I it might sound a little crazy. I think Brady's numbers are a little misleading until uh, – as far as the kind of season he's had, in my eyes at least. I I guess my expectations maybe were a little too high um, coming in with him and B.A. and all those wep- weapons. Um, but that Washington front forward, they are, they, they, are, they, are, they are ugly, man. So Chase Young, Sweat, they got all first rounders up there. They've been getting after guys all year. Um, this, this last, to finish the season, the Bucks were hot, putting up a lot of points against some kind of suspect team, suspect defenses. They've been kind of up and down all season, but they got Tom Brady down, you know, but he's he's in a in kind of foreign territory though. As a five seed, he's used to being that one, two seed. Everybody got to come to Foxborough and beat him. So it's going to be different. Uh, but you can't count out Tom, obviously. Antonio Brown was coming along at the end of the season, last game. He's a guy that can obviously step up and be a one. Chris Godwin as well as another certified one. And you got Grunk. So even if they are out, um, Mike Evans, um, you know, you still, they, they still got a shot, you know, every week. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I wouldn't say Brady had that great of a season as everybody's, you know, kind of putting it there. But can't count him out, man. He's a champion. Goat. So we had a little bit of drama Sunday night in the Eagles game. And Doug Peterson is, he's he's getting dragged. And I I think it's appropriate because, I mean, that's, that, that's, that sucks. Like, don't, don't do that. And it It seems like everybody is on the same page about it being a bad move. The the players are coming out saying they, they hated it. 
Obviously, the media hated it. Fans hated it. Giants fans certainly hated it. And Doug Peterson <laughs> seems to be the only one like defending the move. It's just, it's just a weird thing. As a player, would you be pissed in that situation? It's one. I'm I'm kind of torn now. Been on the other side of it because I, I you know been in the media. I would see myself. If I got back into football, I would go in like the front office. Um, but as a player, you know what you put your body through, what you put your mind through, especially all the sacrifice you made this season. Um, and to be in that point, um, you know you don't want you don't want to be out there tanking as a player, and that and you expect that from a coach too as well. Um, you want your coach to have, you know, your best interest at heart. You want him to be coaching his ass off to win every game that y'all are out there. So to see uh, but the moves he made that that wasn't, it didn't look like it was his intention. Um, and then knowing if you're an older player, you know what time it is. You see the writing on the wall. You know it's week 17. Um, you damn sure don't give a two shits about how the Giants feel as the players, the fans. You know, they had a whole season to, you know, be in a position in week 17 to not be watching and hoping. Um, so, um you know, they moved up a couple picks in the draft. We'll see how it pans out. But I think it'll all blow over. I think um, it's a little too much drama surrounding it. You know, a lot of – we saw, you know, a lot of teams kind of kind of tank it the last half of the season. But um, it, it, it's just that it was the last game of the regular season. It was prime time. It's the Eagles. They've already had so much drama. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's why we're getting so much blowout from it. But I think, you know, by the time combine draft time comes around, we'll be over it. I don't know. Probably sooner think, than that, honestly. I, I we'll think, probably be over uh, this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we won't be talking about it this weekend. We got we got games that matter. And I don't feel bad for yeah. Giants fans. Win more games, and then you don't have to rely on the Eagles not tanking to get into the playoffs. I don't feel bad for them. But it does suck for the players. And, and it sucks for Jalen Hurts. And we deserve to see Jalen Hurts win that game, which was a completely winnable game. And I think for it sure. just sort of went into the offseason with a different energy after a really rough season for Philly. But then on the flip side, if that's going to be your guy going forward in a meaningless game, do you even want to risk him being hurt with, with a bunch of guys not playing? Um, you know, if that's going to be your guy for the future, obviously, um, I think Wentz is going to be out of there. Um, you okay. know, get, get something filling, get him some reps. He's obviously been in the program for four years, but if, if Hurts is going to be our guy going forward, you know, why, why, why risk him getting hurt once again against that, those monsters up there in, in Washington. So um, I, I can see both sides of the coin, I guess. Where, do, where would you like to see Wentz end up? You know, I think the best landing spot for him would be the Colts. And I, I've been on this train for probably four or five weeks um, at this point, uh, even before he got benched. I was saying he should have got benched. I, I feel like the relationship was beyond repair. And I felt like it had to be either Wentz or Peterson to go. And I felt like um, even with the contract situation, I felt like Peterson would get another year and Wentz, you know, ever, ever since Nick Foles won that Super Bowl, got that statue up there, he hasn't really been the same. And as an athlete, as a non-athlete, I guess it's easier to see guys as just football players, just players, hey, get in there, do your job. But being in that locker room for so many years, you understand like everybody's cut different. You know, um, the Packers go out and draft Jordan Love in the first round. I just flips A-Rod to another gear. Same thing with Xavier Howard. You know, they go pay Byron Jones, draft the corner in the first round, flips him to another gear. And then other guys can kind of go the opposite way. Small North, North Dakota guy, likes to hunt, like to do crap like that. Go to Indy, man, get back with Frank Wright. You know, his contract will be kind of middle of the road in a couple of years. So, I mean, if you're the coach, you're not gonna be picking in the top five, top 10 anytime soon with that defense. So this is your best shot at, um, uh, top tier talents. I think he's still very talented. I think it's all really between the ears for him. So I think yeah, the coach I agree. Is the best spot. 
I think he he hasn't been the same really since Frank Reich left. And he has mm-hmm. been dealing with a ton of injuries in Philadelphia. Like everything that could yeah. go wrong there for him went wrong. So besides him beginning injured, which is which yep. he tends to do as well. But I'm I'm with you. I think it's the best place for him is the Colts. I, I don't think Phillip Rivers comes back next year, regardless of how you know this playoff run goes. I just Agreed. I think it's his last year. I think that's a great spot. Agreed. So that Philly, that Philly fan base, you know, you know, oh, you yeah, no, it's no game. Wow, that's a tough, that's a tough, that's a tough fan base. But also the it's there Philadelphia is actually in a good situation with Jalen Hurts because they don't have to pay him for a long time. And yep. so, so even though Carson Wentz will be expensive against the cap, if they move off of him, it's basically just like that money slotted for the quarterback that they're paying because they have mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts for very cheap. So it works out for them as well. So there's some, other, there's actually a lot of teams that need quarterbacks this year. We were talking about every, the show every today, year. Like, <laughs> every, yeah. But like, I feel like this year is like 15 deep of teams that could really be available to draft a quarterback, but my team, the Miami Dolphins, took Tua Tungavailoa. And oh. I was on the bandwagon from the jump that Tua needs to be out there. I love Fitzpatrick as a human being. He is not the future of the Dolphins. We need to see what Tua is. So I was perfectly fine with them benching Fitzpatrick, even though they were winning. Because I'm mm-hmm. thinking I'm thinking big picture, Darius. You know, Long term. Yeah, I got you. Bigger, long term, long play. But Tua went out there and did not look great in a must-win game, <laughs> okay? And the Dolphins have the number three pick from Houston. And to your point about the Colts, they're not going to be picking high again. Brian Flores mm-hmm. has an excellent defense set up there. Special teams is good. They're not going to be in this situation again under Flores, more than likely. Yeah. So what do you do? Because I don't. I got to be honest, I am <sighs> panicking about Tua. I am panicking. I'm in panic mode as well. And I was the same. I was on the tour train. Tour time, you look around the league, these guys are coming in, they're playing well early. Justin Herbert, you know, Burrow before he got hurt. All these guys are coming in and playing lights out from the jump, it seems. So when we kind of get spoiled, like I said, it seems like every year, you know, 10, 15 teams can draft um, a quarterback. So being that the the Dolphins are in that position, um, and you heard kind of some rumors come out when they put two in there that, a part of the reason of them putting them in there was to see what they got, you know, see what they had with Tua. And it didn't look good, man. It did not look good. Um, it, it just, it, it was no threat of a deep passing game, even an intermediate passing game. It just didn't look good. Even for a rookie quarterback, you can blame it on personnel. You can blame it on Chan Gailey, but I just didn't see it. Honestly, it'll definitely be a, a, a long, hard conversation. I think if if you got if you got uh if you got Justin Fields on that board at number three right now, and it, it's kind of crazy. It sounds crazy. You just took a guy five, and then next year you take guy three. But I wouldn't be shocked if, if that happened. You got it. You got to at least have that conversation, honestly. With what Tua didn't show us this year. I mean, it worked out for Arizona. Now I'm not saying that Tua is this as far bad as, as Josh Rosen was, but. <laughs> We didn't really see Josh. I feel like Josh Rosen didn't really get a real shot, honestly. I feel like Tua, I mean, with how the defense and the special teams was playing when he got in there, like he had a chance to win the game, win games. And then I think they kind of rattled his confidence too, going to the bullpen method. You know, you're putting Fitzpatrick in when you need a two-minute drive or when your back's really yeah. against the wall. Like, what does that do for for your confidence? You got two quarterbacks, I always believe, you know, you, you don't have one. So, um 
I just don't like, I saw some guys, oh, the team is buying in and their relationship is this and that. But as a player, man, I want to, I want an unquestioned leader, you know, good, bad, ugly. I, I need to know that's our guy. So um, I don't know how that's going to vote for, um, for him in the future, but we'll see. Maybe we're overreacting. Maybe we're overreacting. He's a champion. I say that all the time. If you've got more than one quarterback, you don't have a quarterback. And I trust Brian Flores that whatever he was working with putting Fitz in was for the benefit of the whole team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because there's there's other guys out there who are busting their ass trying to win. And if he feels like Tua is not putting them in the best situation to do that, I get it. But, man, like, it's, <laughs> uh, I'm nervous. And I don't think – look, I'm nervous because I've I've been experiencing this for decades with not having a quarterback. I, I, I've been there right with you. Like so Lifetime if, Dolphin. Yeah. So if Tua – doesn't end up being what the Dolphins think he is. And to be clear, I didn't love Tua in the draft. I bought in because I'm like, okay, Dolphins got him. You know, they're the ones that see him. So I'm going to trust the organization. But I was like, give give whatever they want to Cincinnati. I love Burrow (laughs) the most. I know Cincinnati wasn't going to move off of him, but at least try. And then I really actually liked Herbert too. I liked Herbert. I didn't like yeah. what he did at Oregon, but I loved what I saw from him in the Rose Bowl. And that convinced me that he was going to be capable of playing in the, in the NFL. So to me, a college quarterback has to have three things. One, he's got to be extremely accurate because when you get okay. to the NFL, it gets faster and the windows get smaller. So extremely, if you're not accurate in college, like that's yeah, tough for to, sure. to buy into. Uh, you got to perform in big moments against the best competition. Cause as we know, the tiers in college are dramatic, like from one conference and, and, and one school to the next, as far as the talent goes. So how you perform mm-hmm. against the best talent in the biggest moments that matter count to me. And then your injury history. So two obviously had big moments. We know that and he was accurate, but I didn't love his injury history. Now injuries haven't really played a role so far, but but he have they? Little, we don't, we don't he know. He looks a little timid, though. Like, and yeah, I don't know that's if it's, what I'm saying. I don't know if it's the system that he's in or, like, the playbook that he's in or if Fitzpatrick has the different playbook or they're calling different plays for Fitzpatrick because he airs it out more. I don't know what it is, but I'm nervous. And I, Okay, yeah. I'm glad <laughs> that you're nervous, too, because it's not just me. I'm concerned. I'm nervous. And I, I was nervous at the draft, too, with taking him that high, like you said, the injury history. Um, and then those quarterbacks, man, when you're surrounded with that much talent, it's kind of hard to really get a gauge on, on how good you are, even though he, he was lights out. He was lights out. And then another thing I was hesitant about is him being left-handed. Like, that's a thing. That's a real thing because I played in the league for a minute. And, I mean, who was the last dominant left-handed quarterback? I was like, you know, Vic was pretty good. He wasn't dominant, you know, but he ran a 4-2. You would have to go back to, like, Steve Young. Mark Brunel was solid. But, you know, and it's more than just him as a player. Even the play caller. Probably, most likely the play caller has called plays for right-handed quarterbacks their whole life and then you get to the nfl and now we got a lefty in here you know that just changes things for receivers for old linemen for play callers so it's just a lot that i was kind of hesitant on but when they took him i'm like okay we got him now like i'm on the tour train <laughs> now but now that he's not playing how we expected him to i'm panicking i'm panicking right with you man but okay. i'm hoping hoping for the best all right well before i let you go um we got the national championship game on Monday. Dabo is gone. Big bad Dabo. Uh, <laughs> Clemson is out. It's Ohio State, Man, Alabama. Uh, you know what? 
I don't love Dabo, but I appreciate Dabo for his content. And <laughs> I appreciate I appreciate Dabo because he he is a villain and he's comfortable in that villain space. And I am a fan of villains because I feel like they make the story more compelling. We like need the reason we need the reason, yeah, the reason we love rivalries is because someone somewhere along the line said something and it sparked some animosity and it, it made the situation polarizing and that's what he does and also he feels comfortable because he knows what he's got coming up as soon as trevor lawrence leaves so he's chilling he ain't, yeah. he ain't concerned and that's he's you know he's won so he's not you know out here saying complete nonsense but i appreciate him for his for being a villain but it's ohio state and bama i don't know who you got i got bama man i can't go against bama uh, Justin Fields, he did play um, amazing, and if he, if he, man, if he goes out there and plays anything like he did against Clemson, it'll be some more conversations with the number one pick. I won't necessarily say Trevor Lawrence won't be the guy, but it'll definitely be more conversation if he goes out and have a similar game against that Bama defense. But you know, Bama's there seems like every year. Um, you know, they got one. You know, Mac Jones has been amazing. Uh, they got the Heisman winner, most likely a receiver running back that, that whole trio and then defense to back it up year in year out led by Saban so it's hard to bet against Bama um so I I gotta go with Bama but I, I'm just hoping for a good competitive game um and like I said Phil Phil's played amazing but that Clemson that Clemson defense was atrocious like the coverages the execution then they were missing some play callers on offense Lawrence didn't really look comfortable all game so um we'll see hopefully we don't see two tails of Ohio State once they get um to the natty but um it, I'm just hoping for a good game yeah I, I hope it's a good game as well I'm I'm really happy for Justin Fields that he had that performance especially coming off of the Big Ten championship game he didn't look great at all trying against to kill him yeah and uh, and he shut everybody up. And he was a soldier because he did take that hit. I hate. Oh yeah. I hate that rule. Not that there's a targeting rule. I'm fine with that. But the ejection is the such ejection. A yeah. That's terrible, man. That's terrible. You end a kid' career on the biggest, you know, the biggest game of his life. You know, at that point, probably um maybe playing national championship. But I mean. They happened to Ohio State the year before in the same game when they just took to some good players. So Wade, Wade got kicked out of the game, but I hate it, man. It's it's a terrible, like you said, not the rule because this player player safety. I understand that, but when guys are moving as fast, unless it's something just egregious and over the line, like where a guy needs to be ejected. If it's a football play and I'm just trying to make a play, like penalize them, do what you got. Obviously, can't find them, but um, do what you got to do and move on. Don't don't kick the kid out. But who, yeah, did you, who, did you, who did you pick? You picking Bama or O State? You know, Ohio pick? State. I went with Clemson. I thought Clemson was going to blow Ohio State out. Oh, so, wow. you know, I lost a little money on them. So now I'm kind of being emotional and wanting to take Ohio State. <laughs> but um, I don't know what the line is. I think I got to go Bama. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I really don't. Like I, the way that Justin Fields played. But the thing is, I feel like we're kind of falling into a trap because. Justin Fields and Ohio State was so spectacular. We didn't talk about Bama and Notre Dame at all. All yeah. All we've been talking about is how great Ohio State is and that performance. So that makes me kind of nervous. But again, I don't really know. To be honest with you, I guess I would lean Bama. But I think I think they open up as a touchdown favorite. I don't know how much it's moved since, which is you know pretty fair. I think that's a good. Yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great weekend playoff games and the national championship um hope you stay safe thank you so much for coming on the podcast make sure you check out 
Darius's podcast, the Man to Man podcast with Antoine oh, yeah. Bethea. Um, best of luck with the podcast, by the way. I see you all over social media all the time. So I'm grinding, man. Grind. I'm trying. I told you, I'm trying to be like you, man. I'm, trying I'm to be like, like, look you. at Darius with the hot <laughs> takes. I love it. I love yep, it. got to, man. But thank you, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. No, appreciate it. Uh, stay safe. Thank you. All right, you too. With it. What's up, Heller? What are we winning or quitting today? Um, just another great election day in America, Joy. Just another never ending. There's so many elections. Yeah. But uh, but thank you to all our our friends in Georgia who went out and voted today. Very important stuff. You can make you you decide the future of the country, Georgia. So. Yes. Thank you. you hopefully. Yes. Thank you. Uh, I have. I have hope. I have hope. I'm not sure what I got. I definitely got these winner or quitter questions, so we'll start there. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, wild card weekend kicks off on Saturday. Make sure you catch Rams at Seahawks on Fox. And you got a game too. Which game is yours, Joy? I have Saints Bears. Saints Bears, Amazon Prime, Scout Prime Speed. Video, Scout Speed. You can watch on Prime Video and change your audio settings to Scout Speed or watch at twitch.tv slash move the sticks. I haven't done the Twitch thing yet. I've been meaning to. It's just because I don't Twitch. But uh, it's not as daunting as it sounds, you guys, to get to Joy on the Scouts cast. You can do it. It's just like go like if you were trying to put on closed captions, it's right there. You get it. Yeah. It's not, yeah. Don't, but don't, if you, but don't, if you don't want to do that and you just want to see us, you can literally just type in twitch.tv slash move the sticks and it'll be on your phone in that long even better even better so okay so you're watching joy's game you're watching rams at seahawks on fox there's a bunch of good games and some serious upset potential Uh, i want to hear your picks but first just humor me and answer this joy the bills could be one and done or win the super bowl with it or quit it well which one are you asking me i'm saying both like the bills are the only team that both is on the table for oh okay um yeah that's probably actually true. That's on the table for the Bills. All right. uh, just because it's the Bills, and that's what the Bills do. Um, that's what they did last I, If I have to choose, I'm going to assume that they they win the Super Bowl. I, I have to have a little bit of faith in them this year. Okay. Uh, I don't feel good about it because it's the Bills. And they, they find ways to blow these big games historically. Certainly last year was a meltdown, but obviously Josh Allen has taken major steps up. It's not the same team as last year. I think they're going to destroy the Colts. And for Colin Cowherd's sake, I hope they do because man, I don't want to see, I don't want to see the mustard shower. So if you don't know him and Nick Wright made a, uh, a bet. And if the bills lose against the Colts, then Colin has to take the bills mafia, uh, kind of a mustard shower. I did not advise. I did not advise this. I would not, I would not place my money in this game. And uh, even though I do think the Bills are going to blow them out, I, I'm just, uh, there's actually really only, I'll let you know which games I feel good about. But regardless, yeah. um, the Bills have been playing incredible. And I do think they're going to lose to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Okay. But I don't think that that is, uh, that's not a bad season for the Bills. I think what, not what at all. Sean McDermott has done there is incredible. I think what the Bills have done with Josh Allen is remarkable. And it's a testament to what patience with a young quarterback can bring you. And you do put pieces around him. And you see the talent and potential in him, which they clearly did. He's been incredible. And I did not believe in him. I was very vocal. I did not think he was good. And he is now 
making good. me liar, which I'm okay with because he's really fun to watch. He is very, very good. And he's in, he's in our division. So we just got done with the Patriots dynasty. And now we've got uh, Josh Allen and Bills. Wonderful. <laughs> um, okay. So as far as the picks go. Yep. Um, so I'm going like to take the Bills. bills. I'm going to take the Bills in that game. Yep. Bucks, Washington. I think the Buccaneers win convincingly. I know Washington's right. defense is good, but this offense. I want Tom Brady. I want Tom. I want yeah. Tom. I don't I think hope, that's going to help. I hope Chase. Yeah, I don't think it is either. Uh, I hope Chase Young gets two sacks, but I do think the Buccaneers are going to win convincingly in that game. Bears Saints, which you can watch on twitch.tv slash move the sticks or on Prime Video Scouts feed. I also am taking the Saints to win big. Uh, much more experience on the Saints side, much more complete team on the Saints side. And uh, my last impression of the Saints um, prior to uh, this game this weekend, which was kind of meaningless, was uh, Alvin Kamara getting six touchdowns. So I'm going to go with the Saints. Rams, Seahawks, I have no idea. No clue. I don't know if Jared Goff is playing. Seahawks are weird. I don't know what's going on. I guess I would tend to lean towards the Seahawks just because they're healthier. Even if Jared Goff is back, he's going to be coming off of a surgery. So I don't love that. I guess I'll take the Seahawks, but I would stay away from this game with my money. The Ravens-Titans game is also very interesting. The Titans are so tricky. If Derrick Henry gets going, it's a wrap. But uh, the Ravens are playing amazing football as of late. I would tend to lean toward the the Ravens winning this game. Brown-Steelers is a disaster. Um, I mean, Kevin Stefanski can't coach. He has COVID. They're, They're going to be missing their starting guard as well as Olivier Vernon towards Achilles last week. So it's, it's, it's bad for the Browns. Um, and if the Steelers end up losing to the Browns, I'm going to have to hear about it for the rest of my mortal life. So I'm very, very, very nervous about this game. And uh, it's the last game of the weekend, Sunday night. Um, I'm going to be chewing my nails off. It's, it's, I'm not looking forward to it at all. Steelers are favored heavily, uh, five and a half points, according to Fox Bet, as they should be, because obviously all the reasons I just listed on yep. top of the fact that the Steelers are a better team and they're playing at home but yeah I don't know I don't know what to expect in that game either they could rally because the fancy's out who knows plus they can run the ball and, and the Steelers cannot so yeah but they can throw the ball way but the Steelers can throw the ball way better than the Browns so I think I think it's even in that regard Yinzers are not going to hear the end of it though I hear you if the if the Browns win and I'm honestly not ready like we've we've gone from a very being a very supportive of Baker Mayfield podcast show to sort of an amalgamous appreciation of the content, but not really sure show. I I think I could say overall, I'm not quite ready personally for the full Baker Mayfield arrival. I think getting to the playoffs, nice climb, climbed up the ladder, one rung here. And I'm not ready for him to jump two or three more and have to hear about it. So I'm rooting for the, the Steelers there. Uh, and I think your picks are pretty good. I do have to say, though, let me take a look. What? See. Yeah, I mean, AFC North, the best division in football. Dang it. it uh, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You got three teams in the playoffs. No one else got three teams in the playoffs. I'm looking. I'm looking here. The, there was a... Listen, if the Niners were healthy, I would put the NFC West up against your AFC North. I would do it. Yeah, but but these are the results that we have to. <laughs> Those are Kyler really let the NFC West down. Yeah, these are help the, from Cliff, and now the Niners the aren't results. there. So yeah, you're right. No, you're right. Best division. Look at you. Three playoff teams. 
So you're so you root for the other teams in the AFC North to support the division or in the no, I don't care about that. But I do <laughs> think it's I do think it's cool because you know each of these teams have to play each other twice, so they are legit. They're legit teams. Like it's the best division. You got three playoff teams. It's a hard division. Yep, and can't when, argue with that. And when Joe Burrow's healthy again in 2023, it's going to be four good teams. Okay, you ready to ready to slide? Yeah, let's slide. Okay. All right. Uh, for those who were just listening, we were sliding uh, without <laughs> sound. Maybe play some music there. Um, Dabo Sweeney has mostly good days, I would imagine. He's either A, coaching Clemson to a, another win, B, recruiting the best players in the nation via private plane, or C, spending quality time with his family, enjoying his nearly $10 million per year compensation. Last Thursday, however, was a bad day for Dabo. Ohio State, the team he ranked 11th overall, beat Clemson down 29-28. Joy, Dabo's mouth cost Clemson a spot in the national championship. Wit it or quit it? Uh, I would I would quit it. I'm not going to put it on Dabo's mouth. It was Friday uh, that they had a bad day. Thursday, they, were, they still had hope. Thursday? Um, I thought Thursday was the – no, you're right. No, Friday was the game. Um, but but – it was it was an amazing game. It was an amazing experience. I love Dabo for being the villain that he is because not only do I love anyone that gives us really good content, but I like people that create rivalries because that makes things interesting. And if Ooh. everyone just loves each other, then um, there's just not a whole lot to talk about. Mm-mm. And that's not fun for us. So I loved it. I thought Justin Fields really made a name for himself he completely avenged that horrible game against northwestern i want to see what happens against bama obviously but i i, I don't think yep. we're gonna get what he did to clemson i do think that what Dabo did which was ill-advised is he took a shot at a good opponent and here's the thing bulletin board material only matters if the person that you're playing is good right right if you're terrible then you might be more angry. You might have a play or two that you put a little more juice on, but at the end of the day, you're not as good. So it just doesn't matter. You can say whatever you want. But if you, if you pay attention to some of the more crafty individuals in sports, like Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. you always notice, even if Bill Belichick is playing a completely awful team, that they will assuredly run over. He's doing nothing but praising them. Oh, yeah. Job. The coach is doing what a wonderful job the staff is doing, what a wonderful job the team is doing, yeah. what a wonderful job the quarterback is doing. Oh, CJ Beathard. <laughs> I like CJ Beathard. Wait, I like CJ Beathard. Come on. Uh, CJ had a nice game, but you know, you understand what I'm saying. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's never giving bulletin board material, right? He's always, he's always praising them. And strategically, it makes the win actually look better because we listen, we, we, we respect Bill Belichick so much. And sometimes we're like, hmm. Maybe this is a better game than we thought thought it thought it was. This team's terrible, though. Like, why is he saying so many nice things? It's very crafty. When you say that they're not as good, Ohio State, and listen to me, I will never say the Ohio State University. So don't ever, don't even ask me. It's not going to happen. You're Ohio State, okay? And this is like soap State in my school. mouth as a as a Canes fan. Okay, so say anything nice. Oh yeah, about Ohio State. But but. Ohio State is a great program. Traditionally, every single year, they are great. They pump out NFL players. They have an incredible organization. Very well coached. And there's a reason why they were in the college football playoffs. It wasn't an accident. Now listen. Even with six reason, wins. 
yeah, his reasoning may have been correct, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You can't rank him 11th. You can rank him fifth, right? Right. But, but you know what it is, Dabo. And it's not about, you know, they won because he said that. But, but they are already a great team. And he gave it a little bit of seasoning, just a little spritz, you know? Just a little, just a little oil from Benny Hanna to get the onion, onion volcano going. Smells, you know what I'm saying? Smells good. Yeah, smells, smells good. Smells great. Smells like rivalry. Mm. That's what it smells like. And rivalry is delicious. And that's what he did. He caused some animosity. They probably practiced a little bit harder. They probably talked about it a little bit. They're a chip on their shoulder, and they're already good. So whatever that extra, you know, I'll give it 110 percent. Whatever that extra 10 percent is, they certainly did. And when they got up, they poured it on, which I appreciate. <laughs> you have got to that's what, everyone's watching you got to put on next, only, had, only had six games you got to whole game absolutely i loved it i loved it i thought it was it was a really fun watch it was an excellent twitter night sometimes twitter has really bad moments that was not a bad moment that was fun that I, was what that was what that app was created for collective disgust against a, a healthy disgust against a, a sports villain it was yep. wonderful the memes, spectacular. Everyone was having their time, right? Everyone was going to take their shot, and it was delightful. I loved it. That was great. Did that actual game? I think it really came down to Ohio State's defense at the end of the day, <laughs> and Justin Fields having the game of his life. That's what I think actually happened. But yeah. this game coming up, Bama Ohio State, is is going to be really fun. I'm looking forward to it. I I think I have to lean Bama, um, mostly because. We have not talked about Bama Notre Dame at all, all week. Not a word. They've got the Heisen winner for sure. Mac Jones is having an incredible season. Najee Harris is incredible. They have Nick Saban's defense. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying – I am not going to predict any more blowouts because that's not worked out well for me. Yeah. But I'm, and I'm also hoping that it is a good competitive game. But um, either way, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, have you ever had an Alabama Slammer? It's a drink. Yeah. I, the to the Tua national championship where he came in and threw the game that pass going into the end zone is the last thing I remember before the slammers took over. So that's all I, that's all I really like. That's my really kind of my only college football take. Oh no, no, I got another one. I got a little something for you. Your rivalry bit. I love your rivalry bit because if anything, I would think that's what the college football playoff is missing. What is there to connect Ohio state and Clemson? What is there? They're both in college football, but they're not in the same conference. They don't play each other. They have no history as far as I know of playing each other in big games. And yet now, bulletin board material for one locker room and a reason to seek vengeance for a whole other team. So well, well they done, played Dad. each other. They played each other last year in Ohio State lost. So they have a they, they and Justin Fields said that was a big motivating factor for him. So so they do have a little bit of history. But yeah, I mean, having some animosity is great. It's great for college football. I'm with you. They're not in the same conference, so dial it up. I thought it was excellent for fans, and it was a really fun night. I mean, it obviously, it sucks for, for Clemson and Clemson fans, and, you know, we're not going to see Trevor Lawrence in the national championship game, but I'm comfortable with Ohio State and Bama. Like, I will, I'm, I'm going to watch that. That's, that's a, good, it's a good national championship game. And then they're going to expand it to eight teams. Um, they? probably next year they're, they're gonna have to to make up the money that they lost for covid and i think it will actually do the sport do the sport some good because it'll bring some hope to the sport it's not, not gonna be the same four, it'll be the same four teams for sure in the in the final round of course but at least there will be some hope 
that from year to year, somebody else might get in and, um, and that's cool. And I think it's good for the sport. Yep. I'm with it. The more the merrier. It's funny though. The money, money's what it's going to take to get it done. Isn't it? I mean, it always is. <laughs> always. What's up, Donnie? What's going on? High key, low key. What's up? All right. High key, Tua Tungavailoa's rookie season is in the rearview mirror. And after nine starts for the Dolphins, last year's fifth overall pick is drawing some mixed reviews. Low-key, thanks to Bill O'Brien, Miami's picking number three in the upcoming draft. And speculation has already started that they might be looking for Tua's replacement. Joy, is that crazy talk? It's not crazy talk. It's completely rational talk. Now, look, I, yes, I know Dolphins fans so well. And they're just loyal to a fault. And if you criticize anything that the Dolphins are doing, they just like freak out and think you're being hot takey or something. Here's the reality. Might I remind you that we've been without a franchise quarterback for like 20 years or something? Yeah, it's been a while. So it would be really nice to just know that you have the guy and then build around him. And we don't know if we have the guy. I'm sorry, we don't. We don't know what to it. Tua could develop into a Drew Brees, or he could not and be completely average. I don't think that Tua has the capability of being a bust, but he could be average, which is not good enough. Josh Allen is in our division. He is going to be playing you twice a year. He is great. He's having an MVP season. He's not going to drop off the face of the planet, okay? One. Then you have the Jets, who are going to get likely Justin Fields, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, who has had an incredible performance. They have a million draft picks. They have their GM. They're hiring a new coach. We don't know what the Jets are going to be, but we're assuming they're going to improve. You still have Belichick in your division, who has some dark magic up his sleeve. He's getting eight of his opt-outs back next season, plus a new draft class, plus he's going to be bringing in someone at the quarterback position. He's not going to ride off into the sunset with the situation that he has now. We know that. So how is the division getting worse? It's not, right? Yeah. It's not, yeah. it's not going to stay the same right now. Bill's yeah. a big dog. And then everyone else is going to be making lots of moves. So you have right. to be aggressive right now. You have a great defense. You have your coach special teams is good. What are you going to do at that position? I don't know. And then, and, and you're just going to be good enough, which is the Dolphins problem all the time. You're always going to be just good enough not to have a high pick like this. Now the question is, yeah. Is it going to be Zach Wilson? Is it going to be the kid from North Dakota? Is it going to be uh, Justin Fields? Like who is available at that third pick is another question. Or yeah, are you going to trade down and get more picks? I don't know, but I, I, I don't feel safe right now with the Tua situation. And I don't think it's unreasonable to be nervous about it. It's just, it's just not. You're not going to have an opportunity to pick this high again under Flores. The only reason why we have this is because we did some maneuvering and Texas happened to be awful. So I don't know. It's definitely a conversation that you have to have, but I I just, if I was the Dolphins, I would definitely be considering dropping another quarterback. And it's not unprecedented. The, The Cardinals just did this and nobody questions it because Kyler Murray is awesome. So worst case scenario, you take another quarterback right? You're not only paying him much either because he's a rookie. Mm -hmm. So you take another quarterback, you have a quarterback battle in training camp, and then you trade Tua or you trade whoever. 
Like it's, it, it's not the worst case scenario to be in because two is a star. So it's not like if you bring in Zach Wilson or you bring in Justin Fields, that if they don't outperform Tua in training campus, there's going to be this constant clamoring for the rookie. Like that's not going to be the case. The way that so many teams need quarterbacks, you will be able to trade one of them. So it's, it's not the end of the world if you do it anyway. Like I, yeah. I, I think that they need to be aggressive. I know Dolphins fans are mad at me for saying this, but I just don't feel good about the Tua situation. I don't. Yeah, I get not feeling good about it. I guess you should be nervous. I think my only thing is just that he's only played nine games. And I think his circumstances with the limited to no offseason, like no training camp, and he is coming off of an injury. I feel like this moving this quickly off of Tua and under this circumstance just doesn't feel like the right move to me. But I don't know. I get being nervous. I definitely get that. All right. High key, as it stands, there are currently six head coach openings in the NFL with arguably the most coveted spot residing in Duval County of all places. Loki, among all the qualified candidates out there, who do you think is the best fit for each vacancy? So it's kind of rough, right? Because there are a lot of people interviewing for these jobs but there's also a lot of jobs there's six openings that's a lot so the 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 chargers is the best situation right and jason garrett is being rumored for the chargers position i actually think that's a good hire i know everyone freaks freaks out about jason garrett but he did a great job in new york and he was dealing with jerry jones in dallas exactly meddling that's a that's the, a tall task. And, and since mm-hmm. he's left, have they been any better? No, yeah, not at all. They've gotten worse, actually. So I actually like Jason Garrett to the Chargers. I think that Robert Sala to the to the Falcons is a, is a good move. I think um, Eric Bieniemy to the Lions is a good move. Nice. Eric B, um, I like that. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who else has been fired. Uh, there's some, there's <laughs> oh, the Texans, the Texans. I also actually like yeah. Eric Bannamy to the Texans as well. I think that's a good Same. move as well. Um, mm-hmm. The best, the, the Jacksonville job though, as we know, Urban Meyer is being rumored for the Jacksonville job. Here's the thing about the Jacksonville job that I don't love. Obviously you have Trevor Lawrence, right? Right. Sean Khan came out this week and said that he wants final say, not once, he's taking final say. Yeah over yeah. personnel decisions not a fan I don't like it I think it's why Dallas has struggled so much because Jerry has right. had such a say in meddling in the in the in the personnel decisions I, I I don't I don't like hearing that especially if Urban Meyer goes there he has no NFL experience whatsoever it's yeah it's, it's not a great situation I don't I don't think that that is a good job even with Trevor Lawrence the, the ownership has to buy into what you're doing and allow the GM and coach to do their job and I don't think it's going to happen there because he's openly said he wants to be involved I don't care mm-hmm. about what Shad Khan's opinion is about the personnel why why would we yeah you know, it's just it's That's... not what you do let the coaches and the GM do what they do you run the business you sign the checks you make the COVID decisions you make the you know facility decisions do the stuff that keeps that organization running and let the coaches and the GMs do what they do so I actually don't think that that is that is a great job. Now the Jets obviously would be considered to be the worst job. They don't have Trevor Lawrence anymore because they won a couple stupid games. And yeah. it's overall been a bit dysfunctional since really like 2010. 
But the Jets have a massive amount of cap space. They have a million draft picks and everyone is in love with their GM. So I actually think that job is a good job. Now, what I do think they have to do with the Jets that is different than pretty much every other organization. I would say the Lions, but let's be honest, Donnie. I don't have a lot of hope for the Lions. Yeah, neither do we Lions fans. Hopeless. Uh, um, I, I, you know, I always, I'm very gentle with, with, with Lions fans because I love Detroit so much. But <laughs> yeah. there's not a lot of hope there. The Jets, however, they need a culture builder. They need someone like Matt Rule, someone who has proven that they can go to a complete disaster and turn it around and build yeah. a culture. Do what Kevin Stavansky has done in mm-hmm. Cleveland. Like, build something. That's what I think the Jets need. And, uh, you know, if they have just, they get Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, I know there's some talk they're going to keep Sam Darnold. I don't think that happens at all. But that's what I think each of these organizations need. All right. We'll see how the, the cookies crumble, as they say. Mm-hmm. Hi, Key. Thanks to Doug Peterson, the final NFC East game of the season was the perfect reflection of such a historically embarrassing year for the division. Low-key, after waving the white flag by benching Jalen Hurts for this guy named Nate Studfield, Nate Studfield, yep. Did Doug Peterson not only lose the game on Sunday, but the locker room as well? I think he did. I think none of us are overreacting when we say this was an awful decision. Nobody cares about seeing Nate Studfield. I mean, you just no one. We don't need to see yeah. what he has. He's not owed snaps. He needed reps. <laughs> yeah, he had. He needed reps. <laughs> no, nobody's owed anything. It's 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 hogwash. It's baloney. And everyone on the team hated it. Everyone's complaining about it. You had an opportunity yeah. to showcase Jalen Hurts to give your fans hope for next season. To see what you have with him in a big moment in a game where you could knock out a division opponent where you're in prime time, where you could finish off this disaster of a season on a high note. And exactly. to what? To move up a couple spaces in the draft? Who cares? Nobody cares Three about spots. that draft spot. Nobody wants to hear that. It's, it, it flies in the face of competition. It makes you all look ridiculous. And that's why players are pissed. And everyone's pissed, and rightfully so. It's a really bad look. It is a giant fall from grace from winning the Super Bowl to where they are yeah. now to throwing a game, obvious, like obviously throwing a game in prime time in the last week of the season when you have an opportunity to knock out a division opponent. It's embarrassing. And, and, and it really shows like everybody can't handle success. Everybody is not meant for greatness. And I'm not, I'm not like taking a, a jab at, you know, Philadelphia fans because I, I really believe they deserve better than yeah. that entire move. But man, like it's falling apart in Philadelphia. You, you had an opportunity to really build on what you had there. Carson Wentz and the, and, and the situation with him and Doug Peterson has apparently completely deteriorated. So he, he's like, the relationship is not repairable. I think, it's a, I think it was a disaster of a move. And I don't think that the fan base and I don't think that the players are going to forget that that happened. It, it damages the trust. You know, you go out there and put your body on the line in an awful season where you're constantly in the news, you're, you're loud, everyone's coming at you, and then you throw a yeah. game like that for Sudfield, like, ew. Ew, dog. Yeah. Real bad move. Ugh. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Hey, T, what's going on in the Culture Report this week? Hey, Joy, happy new year. Happy new year. Okay, so it's the start of the new year. So most people use this time to start something new, like going to the gym, eating more healthy, et cetera. 
So I decided to do a 21 day fast from January 4th to the 24th. It's this, it's called the Daniel's fast. I'm cutting out certain food, but I also decided to join to cut out social media. I felt like it was becoming a distraction and I got some issues. Like my weekly reports are just insane. And I even put that time limit on for me to get off. And I just, I ignore it. I don't listen. So uh, obviously people do like their own fast for different reasons, but I'm basically just doing this to seek answers from God. Or if you believe in a higher power or whatnot, this is me just showing that me sacrificing my favorite foods and social media uh, to draw closer to him and get clarity on things um, that I personally need vision for this year. So I've never done this type of fast. This is completely new to me, but I'm definitely excited to see how I feel once it's over. Well, I'm excited for you. That's great. It's uh, the new year is a good time to commit to something. We all know, you know, sometimes New Year's resolutions fall short. So it's better to just kind of like make a change and, you know, take away things that necessarily you get too comfortable with. I totally understand the social media thing. I personally enjoy being off of social media. So I like when I find myself doing too much social media because I'm just bored or whatever, I like started a masterclass now so I'll just like flip over to the masterclass and like you know we feel the need to be on our phones all the time because especially here in LA we can't go anywhere so we need some sort of escape it's very easy to fall into your phone so keep me updated on on how it's going um and I'm excited for you thanks I'm excited too okay so I I just saw Ma Rainey's Black Bottoms Girl, when I tell you the talent in this film, I wasn't really sure because I heard it was a Broadway. Um, it, it came from Broadway. So I wasn't really sure about the film. I didn't really know who Ma Rainey was before, sad to say, but the intensity in the performances, the thought-provoking conversations. I mean, there's just so much to say, but I feel like Viola Davis just bodied this character, or excuse me, bodied Ma. Um, her, her presence, the makeup, the sweat, the demeanor, absolutely amazing. And I think to see like Chadwick Boseman in this last film to me I'm thinking like you know this like this king just continued to give us movie after movie like while dealing with cancer I mean he literally took this character to like a whole other level and I think it just speaks to like how hard he worked and how he just truly fought to the end like his performance to me was absolutely phenomenal this was a really great film oh I loved it it was definitely in you could tell that it was written for Broadway because it had these very long scenes simple sets not a lot of travel to different places and elaborate things, but it was really more about the conversations and the dialogue and the message. And Viola was impeccable as Ma. Um, she actually, I was watching it with a friend and she was like, uh, Joy, you're a little Ma <laughs> I was like, well, I do find that I do feel her. Um, I do happen to demand some things for myself because uh, if you don't, no one will. And she did not take any shit from anybody. And I love that about her. And Viola just completely embodied the whole soul and spirit of Ma Rainey. It was incredible. Chavik Bozeman, obviously amazing. I loved it. I thought it was a great, a great performance by everyone. Yeah, same. I mean, yeah, every, everyone did an amazing job. Did you feel yeah. like at certain points you were like in the rooms? I felt like I was there. I'm looking around like, are they talking? Like, I feel like I was in the movie. Well, cause yeah, cause theater does that. And it is, a, it's a theater, adapt, a theater adaptation. So theater does bring you into that space because there is so much dialogue. There's not a whole lot. It's not like action and distraction, like 
where you feel like you are, you know, in some other world watching something it doesn't, you can't relate to. It was very simple, you know, a couple rooms of conversation, very pointed uh, writing. And that's, that's why, but yeah, definitely. And it was very emotional as well. It was great. Yeah, yeah, it was. So Meghan Markle has a half sister named Samantha Markle. Never even, I've never heard of her um, until recently because she actually has a tell all available for pre-order and it actually drops joy on your birthday January it's rude it's rude <laughs> and like joy the, the title caught my attention because it's just it's odd but it's petty it's called the diary of princess pushy sister part one and when i saw this i'm just like girl like I need her to get a hobby. Like I, I feel like I will never waste my time reading tell all because I just don't care enough. And I'm sure Megan doesn't care either. I heard they haven't talked in like many years. Like she didn't even come to Megan's first wedding. And I think this just seems really messy. She seems mad and she's like obviously looking for clout, but girl, she's not getting my money. Oh no. Well, first of all, if I'm going to take the time to read, I have lots of very uh, inspiring, uh, intellectual, and, and, and empowering books I can dive into. I, I'm not interested in what her, Meghan Markle's estranged sister has to say about her. First of all, we all have family. And so therefore we all know it could get messy. And there are two sides to every story. And often the truth lies somewhere muddied in the middle. And sometimes there really isn't even a truth because it's just something that happened that went down that nobody's ever gonna agree on and it doesn't really have a side. Who knows what happened with her? I just don't know why anyone cares. And what bothers me more about things like this, and like, obviously I love Meghan Markle and I think she's just, she's in the hall of fame. Hall of fame, hall of fame. Okay, and we all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, he denounced his tight, his throne. He left the royal, he left the royal family for that. She put the dang, dang on him. Uh, and we know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. So, mad respect. But I don't care about what her her strange sister has to say. I don't care what her daddy has to say. I don't care. I have family issues myself. So if, if I ever get to that point of fame and you hear like family members of mine writing stories, it ain't true. Don't even waste your money. Okay, it's fairy tale fiction. Uh, cause I'm in the right <laughs> and, and I promise you, I don't take these decisions lightly. People get estranged in their family. It happens for whatever reason. If you are bringing, I look at it like this. If you bring any kind of unnecessary drama into my life that we can't solve over a phone call, you got to go. We, I mean, I'm not, I'm a very busy person. I am protective of my space and energy. I am not having, uh, spirit vultures around me, period. You could be, we got done. Blood ain't that thick, okay? So <laughs> it's not gonna happen. So I, I really just feel like these type of things are just so corny. She will not be getting my money or my time. It's, it's lame. Lame. Thanks so much for joining us this week in the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe. You can also listen on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartMedia app, the iHeartMedia podcast. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Stay safe. Follow us on social media at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod, enjoy Taylor Talks, and we'll catch you next week. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Oh.